2014 will go down as the warmest year around the globe in recorded history. 2015 was the hottest year since climate records began. Your show this July was the single hottest month in recorded history. Australia sweltered through its hottest spring on record. Climate change is now affecting every country on every continent. The rate is a great concern. And what do you put that rate down to? Oh, it's human activity. We have everything we need. Some still doubt that we have the will to act. But I say the will to act is itself a renewable resource. Hello and welcome to Climactic. On this episode, we're bringing you one guest, but two interviews from two Climactic hosts. You're getting what will be an episode of Serially Curious with Mark and Eve where hosts Mark Spencer and Eve Brennan chat to people from all across the climate community about what lights them up and what keeps them going. And you'll also hear an episode of Growing Concern with Sean Marsh, where greenwash gets sanded back, and good branding and business strategy by ethical organizations is celebrated. Our guest today is a man who leaves an impression. And to introduce him, here he is at the Climate Emergency Summit, held in Melbourne, Back in February, being introduced by journalist Joe Lauder. You're listening to a podcast from the 2020 National Climate Emergency Summit. Um, Thank you so much for coming. This is a panel that is going to be looking at the transition away from fossil fuels. Next to Julian, we've got James, a.k.a. Jimmy Halfcut Stanton Cook. James is a campaigner with Lock the Gate. He's also the founder of Halfcut, which aims to start conversations about conservation and if, do you want to stand up? If people can't see up the back, I think, I think we need a full pirouette. This is the half cut. <laughs> if you haven't, he's really keen to have a conversation with you. That's what the beard's about. We just, he told me earlier that he's potentially sticking with it until 2030. And now, please enjoy this episode of Climactic as we do something a bit different. One guest, two interviews. Hello and welcome to Serially Curious, the show where I get to talk to interesting people about whatever the hell I'm finding interesting at the moment in a bid to sort of tackle my own eco-anxiety, eco-grief, and uh, and just chat to people I think are pretty cool. So today I have joining me on the show James or Jimmy, depending on how he's feeling or depending on which side of him you're seeing at the moment. James, thank you so much for joining me today on Serially Curious. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having Jimmy, James, Halfcut. <laughs> James, I think we met, or we didn't meet. I think I've been in the same room as you before. And and where where are you recording today? Because you're not here in the People's Republic of, uh, of Victoria, right? You're up in Queensland? No, no, I'm uh, Sydney. It sounds lovely. Are you currently like in lockdown? Uh, look, sort of self-isolation still. We had a bit of a breakout, but nothing as big as what you guys were going through in Melbourne, feeling for all of you Melbournians very much so, uh, shocking. Hopefully, yeah, we don't um, have a round two lockdown in Sydney, but hey, look, it's most likely inevitable. Who knows with this COVID? It's 2026, I heard of the latest, but anyway. <laughs> it's oh, <God>. ongoing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, hopefully a lot of the stuff we're saying now, you know, next year when we listen back to this, it sounds really uh, overblown and dramatic, right? Like, at least uh, let's let's hope it all looks crazy in hindsight. But um, at least, hey, the internet's still good. That's the one good thing about 2020. It kind of feels like we're here in the same room. But I, I think we have been in the same room. And I thought you were from Queensland because I think we were in Brisbane at the same time. And I think I saw you at Climate Reality uh, last year. 
which is that Al Gore group. And and was that right? That were you there at Climate Reality in Brisbane? No, look, it, I wasn't, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was another half cut champion rocking around doing the half cut look because um, I get that all the time. Like, man, you're at that conference, you're here, you're there. And it's like, no, actually, sorry, it wasn't me. <laughs> it was just another supporter. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Incredible. I, I genuinely thought it was you, and I had. I was going to say, like, I I was definitely interested in in what this was representing. Um, I definitely should have gone up and spoken to the person I thought was you, but obviously wasn't you. I spoke to a lot of people over those three days. I spoke to Mike Cannon Brooks at Lassian and and had the nerve to to say something to Al Gore, even if it's just one of those frantic little like, "Oh, hi, Mr. Gore." Nice to meet you. Um, but I didn't speak to your doppelganger. And I, in hindsight, I don't understand why. It's, it is like, it's an interesting look. And and to to make it kind of clear in case, you know, people listening haven't seen the cover art, which is going to be like that. I think that really stylized, beautiful art image. And we're going to maybe hear a bit more about the, the art of this campaign. I should really get to a question. Like, what is the weirdest reaction you've had from someone is walked up to you since you've been half cut? Look, it's bearing in mind, I've now looked like this nearly two years. So I think I have nearly heard it all <laughs> with every comment. Um, I mean, look, most people are absolutely gobsmacked, a uh, bit frightened, not sure what's going on. Um, I mean, if I got $2.50 for every time someone said, lost a bet, mate, we would have raised millions of dollars. <laughs> um, you know, just so Australian. Uh, I think the weirdest, the absolute weirdest um, response I've ever had is, Oh, you should definitely go and rob a bank. <laughs> like, what? They're like, yeah, you're Two Face. They're like, you know, they go, oh, it was a man with a beard. No, it was a man half shaven. No, it was Two Face. I was like, all right, cool. That was all right. Um, probably the weirdest one I've had, but I think the the hands down the weirdest response I've had when I said, oh, look, I'm half cut. We're doing this to save our last remaining forest. Half are destroyed. She then turned to me and and another bloke done the same thing and said, oh, so you're circumcised. And I just was like, how do you go from looking at this and then thinking of circumcision? It, it, it's, to this day, it still throws me. So that's probably hands down the weirdest one to date. So whatever. <laughs> I can't beat it. I won't even try. I'm glad you've already heard them all. Like, I, And I'm glad I won't be even coming close to the weirdest thing you've heard. So, wow. I, I'm not sure if though there's there's any angle you can be at looking at you and not see that like half of your face has a beard. Like, It's a very... It still manages to be the most luscious and luxurious beard I've seen, and it's only half. So well done. Thank you, good sir. Yeah. That kind of you know speaks to a bit these last two years for you when it's been like personally, and obviously it's been probably a, a journey and like and and a lot sometimes of like keeping this up and like when when you're talking to someone new who you've just met, how do you kind of how do you explain what it is you're doing to them like? Why are you yeah, doing this? I mean, look, it's it's pretty much um, it is the visual disruption that you want to get, and that's what's been probably the best thing about it is people's curiosity. Like we're curi- curious beings, we look at things and go, "Oh, it's a bet, it's a bucks party." As soon as they say, "Well, actually, we're fundraising for forests because uh, half's gone," straight away their face is just like, "What? I didn't know that." And it's like, and I think that was part of the whole strategy around this: how do we get people educated, engaged? Um, and finding a way for them to engage either going half cut or becoming a donor. Um, but yeah, look, it's, um, I think if anything, it was, it, it was a stage of 
uh, taking uh, a bit of a risk. I thought, you know, we've got to be a bit courageous these days and that's what sort of led to deciding to go half cut to um, engage people, start a conversation about conservation and uh, how they can take part with the many readily solutions available to support conservation efforts and our climate. Where does the conversation going to tend to go from there when someone hears, hey, the forests are half cut? Like, is there like, okay, are they half cut in Australia? Is that what people ask? Like, do they kind of bring it sort of close to home quite quickly? Yeah, no, look, it's it's pretty shocking when I can say, well, look, it's global, half the world's forests are gone. And if we're talking rainforests, it's more than half, you know, we only covered up to 16% of our earth rainforest and we're down now to less than 3%. It's pretty horrendous. But then also when you talk about in Australia, you know, with 240 years of invasion, um, you know, we've got half of our forests in Australia are gone. So when you can make those links and then, you know, half of the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park is now dead or 50% of our plant species are extinct globally and over 86% of our wildlife's dead. There's sort of a lot of 50s you can chuck in there. And sort of, you know, as I said, two years. If I haven't got my pitch by now, I'm never going to have it. So all I say is, hey, look, for every 50 bucks someone chucks in, I've got to be half cut for another day. So... Um, biggest mistake I've probably ever made because that's why I'm still half cut and have to be half cut for another three and a half years at this stage. I'm inundated um, because just people went, no, look, good on you, mate. I wouldn't do that, but that's pretty damn impressive. But I think when I could turn around and say, well, look, you know, your $50 at the time last year would save, um, $2 would save an acre the size of a footy field of um, Amazonian rainforest. Um, Yeah, that's pretty bloody tangible, $2. And then this year, it's $2.50 saves one square metre of Daintree rainforest. So uh, when they look at that and they go, well, hey, I'm going to save up to 20 acres or 20 um, square metres, uh, I mean, it's the tangibilities, I think, the, the real the real grab and the real hook. What inspired this particular action for you? Like, where did you get the eureka moment to say, like, hey, there's a stat that's bloody scary and, and the climate situation is horrendous. What's something I can do within my power? Well, I've got this beard. Yeah, well, um, look, I I had a larger beard um, and I grew it in South America doing conservation work in the Amazon Basin in Bolivia, Ruin Rabahi, um, and met an incredible conservationist woman, Rosemary Rootsy, and I was just looking at the work she was doing and her work was native title, expanding on the property and stopping it from being cut down for cattle ranching or illegal logging um, and to keep wildlife threatened, endangered species in habitat. Um, and I had a big beard. It was a, it was a bigger beard. It was like down on my belly button. It was like, you know, the wild man for Borneo sort of thing. And that was actually the starting point where people would start going, oh, mate, your beard is awesome. And it was my better half, Jess, who's the co-founder, who said, oh, it's for conservation. And it just sort of got me thinking. I went, okay, well, that's great. Well, if we're getting conversation started, let's, let's, let's talk about regenerating our forests at that stage. You know, we're going back to 2011, mind you, at this stage. And then, look, you know, we, we started off our first launch or crack at a charity as uh, and a not-for-profit is Beards On for conservation. Uh, very male-dominated, which, you know, was around the whole beard hipsters sort of time. And, you know, we got some engagement, raised some good funds and whatnot. But then we kind of went, look, let's step this up. So how can we encourage all people of all paths of all life, all sexes, all cultures, um, all ages? And Half Cut was sort of the one to do it because... Um, it was sort of 2014, 2017 when we learned that half the world's forests were gone. Really, there wasn't that much information about it. So we thought, hey, let's make it simple. Cut our beard, shave our hair, braid it, colour it, whatever they want to do. And that is sort of where the, the magic sort of came from. People came to us instead of us going to them. They were curious and it was able for us to go, well, this is what it's for. And um, why don't you come on board? So it was quite important sort of getting the story out there. That's what's kind of magnified things and, and got it rolling. The people started coming to you. How did you sort of get 
start to get the story out there about what you're doing rather than it just being personal conversations? Well, yeah, look, I think just, you know, technology and social media and all those sort of resources available now, which is just the norm, you know, really helped, obviously. So um, that was great to use those resources. Honestly, I still believe you can't beat the face-to-face. Like The people that I have met has been just incredible. I thought it was going to be more of a risk. It hasn't actually been that much of a risk. You know, I thought I was going to be in all kinds of sorts, but if anything, it's been the complete opposite. And look, you know, I was furious that, that we've destroyed half of the world's lungs, you know, land-based lungs. I mean, it's just outrageous in the time. And at this current rate, you know, it won't just be half, it'll be 40%, 30%, you know, and we might as well pack up shop. So you've got those resources with social media tools, but the old face-to-face is um, really where you, you meet some incredible people who genuinely want to support you and get behind the efforts uh, and or go half-cut themselves, which is sort of the magic to it. That's what we want, the ripple effect. So you've got, you know, someone like Costa is, you know, signed up and done it. You know, Costa, probably the most famous beard in Australia. Yeah. Uh, who else is kind of like really inspired you or impressed you? It's jumped on board with this. Oh, look, uh, uh, another incredible earthling, uh, Paul West, another ABC SBS fella. He's been magic and just another incredible earthling. Some of our incredible female ambassadors like Madeline Madden um, from Dora the Explorer. You know, a Gadigal woman um, just, you know, been incredible and, you know, all her sisters and family really supporting it. The lists really go on, like Paul, uh, Bob Brown, Paul Paul Thomas's partner, he was one of our first blokes to go half cut, so that was pretty awesome. We did that around the Tarkine. Uh, and, look, I think that's the thing. We, we really just wanted to um, develop half cut into a movement where people can focus on international projects, local projects, um, and if it's tree planting and regen, because that's the sort of the, where we're at. Half's destroyed. We've got to protect our last remaining. That's just an absolute given. That's what the science says. And then we've got to get on the regen and big regen really, really quickly. So one really exciting one, which I will let out of the hat, is uh, Sam Hargrave. So he's the director of Extraction, still global trending number one on uh, Netflix. Sam and his beautiful partner, Rachel, they're our sort of US VIP celebrities going half cut. So that's, that'll be that's huge. Yeah. So hopefully we get some mad FOMO and Chris Hemsworth then goes, hang on, he can't be saving Daintree rainforest in my backyard. I want in. So yeah, who Absolutely. knows? That's the whole idea. Yeah. And that's got to be just so exciting that you found a way that big names can not only quietly support the important stuff, but also like, you know, visibly, publicly, confrontationally show their support and start these conversations. Totally. Something big like, you know, today the the news out of India about, you know, they, they want to chop down a bunch of forests to expand some coal fields there because they want to bring on more domestic energy production and sort of the worrying signs we're seeing of like COVID recovery not being a build back better, but like just a, a real Mordorification of a lot of landscapes around the world. Like overall has like the last two years of you getting really involved with this and being active with the campaign, has it increased your sense of like agency and like overall kind of hopefulness about where we can go or has it kind of been overwhelming at times because you you're now the guy right that people talk to about deforestation and about the really heavy stuff like within your whole network they're like i heard something depressing today i want to talk to james about it (laughs) yeah look i think um I am two-faced about this. I've got my optimism side and I've got my pessimistic side, but I kind of feel like it's a good blending and a good half. And look, at the end of the day, I know and a lot of us know we do really have those, you know, we have the solutions readily available. 
It's just now or yesterday we should have implemented them. And we're only going to be able to do this with people power. So the way I look at it is always on a positive vibe, constantly telling people, yeah, look, I mean, look, at the end of the day, if you're not depressed about what's going on, there is something bloody wrong with you. <laughs> like you should be depressed and worried and concerned about what's going on. But turn that depression into something that's going to get an outcome, feel that pain, but pu push it into a positive channel or avenue. That's sort of what I did. And look, it is about learning and being able to channel your emotions. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. When I first did this, I was furious. I was like, what is wrong with people? Come on, wake the flip up. Like this is, this is like crunch time right now. Um, but being furious led to being extremely curious because people were just genuinely gobsmacked and didn't have the education and did not know. So then I was like, okay, that's something we can work with. If people don't know this, well then we just got to continue like any movement, build enough people on board get a critical mass. And then before you know it, we can achieve some brilliant outcomes collectively together. And that's honestly just where we're sort of building at, is building that snowball. At the same time, gotta do it really quick. <laughs> yeah, gotta go really fast. And hey, thank you for working in the title of the show there. That was beautiful. That's gonna be the sound grab for this episode. Um, I've got some friends who just found Half Cut a, a few days ago, like earlier last week because of Bank Australia coming on board, because of you guys spending a bit of money on social media. It's really worked, like the amount of people I know who've heard about Half Cut. I thought I'd already seen you, so I thought I was ahead of the game, right? Like, I knew of this thing vaguely, but I didn't know if it was really going to, like, catch fire and take off and become, like, a, a movement. And now I see that it kind of has, and I'm seeing that just in the last week, honestly. Like, you built up a lot of tinder and a lot of just, like, dry wood for two years, and now just that spark and it's, it's going. So I've got some friends who've started a team, a fundraising team on halfcut.org.au, is it? Or just halfcut.org? Yeah, halfcut.org, yeah. If they need some like points on like, you know, how they can get out and fundraise, and also if they've got kind of internal objections about like, you know, they want to do it, but like here I am talking to you and I'm and I like I'm ready. I need, I need to shave anyway, so I'm probably going to do it. If you need any kind of convincing to go out there and get $50 raised for this to donate, what what does $50 do in the hands of Half Cut? Yeah, so $50 will save 20 square meters of Daintree rainforest, Gondwana land, the world's oldest rainforest on the planet. Not only that, we'll be supporting traditional owners back onto country permanently as a ranger station or an outlook station for this particular property. So the social license is absolutely incredible. So that's the Gugu Yell and Ginger Mob, uh, or one of the 18 clans within the Daintree that we've been working with for the last two years you know, in an alliance and consultation. So we're, we're going with their guidance for what will happen. This property actually will be for women's and men's business, cultural engagement, ecotourism, green jobs. Um, there's just so many incredible benefits of this. Um, I mean, going back to how to get people donating, I mean, and getting them activated. I mean, look, 101 of fundraising, like you've just got to do it first. Be courageous, be brave. It calls for bloody brave times. One thing I'm definitely saying at the moment is like, hey, look, if you don't like pandemics, I mean, let's be honest, who does? The reality is, and all the science behind it is, says, well, we've got a lot more of this coming. But one of our solutions is to save our last remaining forests and keep the wildlife in them. So, you know, it's one way to sort of say, well, look, you know, and look, really, what have we got to lose? We know what we will lose if we do not address this. We, you know, we've been told what will be coming and things are coming a lot faster than was first predicted. Do something outrageous, you know, go half cut with your hair, your braid. Look, and this is the difference. 
it will grow back. I know <laughs> it grows back. Whereas in our forests, they don't. They, you know, the, the microbes and what was the essence of these incredible systems that give us everything for free. You know, water, precipitation, everything else, medicines. I mean, the whole the list, you know, continue. Um, let alone the habitat for wildlife. It's like it's it's not that big of an ask when you do it. And you, you, I think if anything, it'll it'll give you a spark. The comments, the engagement, the talking. It's it's just something different. And honestly, I can't encourage enough people to do it. But uh, yeah. Do it, kick it off, chuck your own 50 bucks in first, be a mosquito, harass people, seven's the magic number, ask people as many times as possible, social media, you name it, but um, you know, pick your targets, pick, pick your close um, allies first uh, and then branch out from there and then if you get other really keen people, say, come on my team, we'll do it together, it's funner when you're doing it with mates. James, it it's Boom. been such a pleasure getting to talk to you about this, thank you so much. I'm going to sign off on my part now but uh coming up listeners look out for an episode of growing concern one of the newest podcasts on the climactic collective podcast network our host sean marsh is going to be talking to james about the branding and the sort of the execution of this idea how that dry tinder got lit into this sort of raging conflagration now of, of a social media campaign that is half cut and yes that is really triggering language for us australians in the wake of last summer and now we're coming into this summer and let's let's get into half cut before we see half cut and half burnt james thank you so much again mark absolute pleasure thanks mate look forward to seeing you half cut mate <laughs> see you mate wonderful So, on this episode of Growing Concern, we're talking to Jimmy from Jimmy Halfcut. As you all know, I'm fairly passionate about helping ethical organisations and purpose-driven people work smarter, not harder. And so my questions today will focus a little bit more on the success and the challenges that Jimmy's had, and hopefully we can tease out some educational nuggets listeners today can learn from. I won't go into like the super interesting backstory, I'll get you to jump over to a podcast called Serially Curious by Mark Spencer on the Climactic Network to hear an interesting short overview of what Jimmy does. So let's just kick into this real quick. Imagine that I've just stepped into an elevator. How would you explain Half Cut to me in a couple of levels? Uh, mate, funny you say that because I used to get a little, um, uh, make a little game for myself. I'd be side on with the beard and when uh-huh. people come in, I'll turn to them and uh, you get them jumping, freaking mm-hmm. out, not sure. Yeah. Uh, look, mate, literally it's the, you know, doing a pitch to a CEO within 15 seconds. Usually a lot of the time it's a selfie, it's a photo, it's getting on the Instagram. Um, look, really that was what majority of it has been actually is that level of engagement. Um, but then just clearly saying, look, after as far as we're gone, you know, what have we done? We've got to stop this. So we're a fun fundraiser, engaging people to, um, yeah, save our last remaining forest and get on with the region. It's interesting because Half Cut is clearly like an immediate, like a novel idea that immediately captures people's attention. Why do you think that is, like psychologically? Why do you think people react to it so quickly? Look, I think um, it's first and foremost, it's a visual disruption. So it throws them straight away. We're curious species and we want to know what's going on and, you know, um, having a look. Um, yeah, I think that, that that's partly it. And then I think... In a weird way, it's one thing that has come about since being half cut is people are like, oh, what, you're half pissed. <laughs> so that's sort of been the only other um, 
you know, not thought about one, but in a way, it's uh, it's 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 allowed us actually to work with that in- industries like the brewery industry who heavily rely on water and rain, which come from rainforest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go figure. So uh, it's actually led to other uh, avenues, but um, yeah, we we don't encourage full cut, just half cut and responsible drinking anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of good. I, I'm assuming you've had a lot of comments and obviously you've heard some, some wacky comments, but no doubt someone said to you, mate, you must have been half cut to have done that to yourself. Yeah, look, it's um, the comments that people have made, we've actually learned from them and we've gone, oh, yeah. okay, that's interesting. So we hear what people say, which made us go, well, hey, let's go do this at a brewery in a pub and see how many people will just come along and get half cut. So it sort of, um, it, it, it worked in that element because as I said, we're always listening, we're always learning to what feedback and what someone says because, um, you know, if you're not opening up to other people's involvement, then you're missing an audience. So in a way, yeah, it well and truly has worked in our favour to do that. It's interesting because I guess it's, the way I perceive it is, um, you know, like it's a physical change that you've done that would be jarring in the typical sense. Um, and I did look at your website and I've seen a few that, you know, half braided hair. Um, obviously, some guys have just done full shave beard and head, which is pretty nuts. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think it's interesting. Like I, if I, when I, if, when I first saw you, my reaction was, wow, that's gutsy. I couldn't picture myself doing that just, you know, for no real reason. And so I'm interested, right? It's, I'm, in, um, I'm instantly drawn into what's going on here. And that's very powerful. You know, it's a very powerful thing. It was when uh, the IPCC report came out, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, where they said, look, it's 11 years before it's irreversible runaway climate chaos. And I was like, my gosh, you know what? Mm-hmm. Walk around with half a beard. Does that really matter when we know what's potentially coming? <laughs> Small so, to pay. Totally. So I kind of thought, all right, look, I'm going to set a challenge for myself um, and this is what I want to do and this is how I'm going to go about it. And if anything, I want people to come along. I don't want this to be a solo journey. I, it's, it's funner with people and friends and you know, allies and unexpected allies that I've made along the way. Human beings, we, at the very heart of it, I think we do want to do better and make change. Um, we've just got to get people to... Again, be curious about the topics, um, engage in it, and uh, show some courage. So with the people that are jumping on board with this, who's backing you and why? Look, I think um, people are backing themselves at the moment. I think people are backing it because, you know, they know we've all got a carbon footprint. I have a carbon footprint. Um, Us doing this right now, I'm burning energy. But I kind of feel it's... um, People want to know that they're giving back. I think people, we've seen it. We've seen the droughts. We've seen the horrendous fires, followed by floods. You know, actually, we're still in a drought for 90% of the country, uh, let alone just, it's just not in Australia. It's a global event, this climate crisis, that we're all living live. Uh, and I think, if anything, it's, it's more about people going, okay, yep, I want to take action. Um, you know, if they're not going to do it with their vote, which they should, because it's very powerful, as we know, and hugely important, Maybe they can do it with a tangibility approach where they're having a laugh with family and friends and mates, feeling that bit of connectiveness, um, lightening the mood, considering it is very tough times at the moment for people psychologically, mentally, physically, financially, you name it. So in a way, I guess that's part of it. It's just sort of, you know, it doesn't hurt to get someone having a smile and a laugh that then allows you to go in and sort of say, oh, well, hey, if I gave you a laugh, do you want to make a donation and help save some Daintree rainforest? So, um, yeah, a bit of a win there as well. So, yeah. I feel like it, you know, it opens the door for that conversation. I mean, I have my opinions on like the classic petition donation methodology that most 
charities, NFPs sort of opt into. And I feel like it's quite overdone, especially when you get stopped in the street. G'day, mate. How's it going? Let's have a chat. It's inauthentic. It's not a real connection. But what you've created, instantly, it's like curiosity and then inevitably a laugh because that's, you know, typically the Aussie way to make a joke about something to sort of simplify it and make it feel a little bit more fun. And as a result, if, if I had that experience with you and you said, mate, here's the stats around how much your money could do, I'd be like, well, it's a no-brainer. Speaking of which, I'd love to know, like the, you know, like an average donation. I know we talked about this on Mark's podcast, but a $50 donation, what would that achieve with Half Cut? Yeah, so last year's campaign was in the Amazon in Peru and it was $2 saved an acre of Amazon rainforest for life. $2, a whole acre the size of a football field. Huge. We ended up raising $255,000 last year, matched dollar for dollar, so half a million dollars, helping protect 6 million acres. We contributed 185,000 acres, which put um, 220 Indigenous groups under a native title. So really incredible stuff on that side of things with the international global rainforest. But obviously, as we mentioned, after the drought, the fires, uh, we thought, let's insulate, let's focus in on Aussie uh, rainforest. The Daintree, obviously, everyone loves. You can't beat it right next to another World Heritage icon, the Great Barrier Reef. Um, so, yeah, the $50, um, you know, or if, you, if it can't be $50, but $50 will save 20 square metres um, of Daintree rainforest, you know, uh, Gondwana land, the world's oldest rainforest. So can't really beat that. And to be able to go up and see it is uh, pretty special as well to know that, you, you know, you're part of that. And I think that's why we do get a lot of people engaging because they're like, yeah, look, I've been to the Daintree and I love it. Um, you know, or they haven't and they're curious and want to see the Daintree and heard of our cassowaries and Bennett's tree kangaroos and, you know, threatened endangered species. And I think there's just a real connection where, you know, you can um, give back with such a tangible, like, you know, half the price of a coffee or a coffee, you know, two bucks fifty. Really, we should have smashed this in day one, <laughs> the fundraising target, which, you know, $220,000. But we're one, one third of the way there. We just cracked over 90 grand. So um, it's healthy. That's where we, we call another half cut champions to come on board and do their bit to those listening there will be links in the description for you to jump out and get on board and shave half your noggin for jimmy's cause so this is a good point i think to switch over to lockdown we talked about how in person it's it's very powerful has this situation we're in right now affected your reach or has it enhanced it look it's um i'll definitely say it's probably a 50 50 we've lost that ability to go out and speak with people and get that visual disruption because of masks and doing the right thing for people and masking up. But in saying that, the flip side, with all the scientific research saying, well, we're going to have further pandemics with further forests being destroyed and wildlife being taken out of them. So that's where it has worked in our favour to say, well, look, if we don't want further pandemics, who does? No one does. It hurts everyone, you know, financially, economy, you know. Um, we've, we, we've got to make change. Uh, and sure, we saw some nice... Um, you know, wildlife returning back into cities and areas where there wasn't human beings. What a delight that was to see. But the reality is that was short-lived. But even during COVID-19, when it really kicked off and still is and, you know, globally, you know, a lot of places, we've seen more deforestation and more wildlife taken out because, um, the, you know, they just don't have the policing at the moment, which is really uh, unfortunate. Uh, and then all governments going for that angle of rebooting the economy with further mining and gas fields. Um, and it's a real, yeah, so we've, we've sort of, uh, yeah, I'll say it's a 50-50. We've got some great stuff, but you know, luckily for social media and engagement and, and um, being able to get these messages out there because, um, yeah, that's, we're going to have our events. We're not able to have our events this year, so there will all be webinars and 
getting people half cut live on the on the zooms very cool i want to talk about personal branding have you spent much time thinking about this if so what do you think your success and your failures have been and what have you learned along the way yeah now look definitely um there has been many failures along the way um this is you know six years of developing to where we're at now we started off as beards on uh growing a beard for conservation so beards on for conservation that was our first chapter where we uh, planted thousands of trees. We're up to 36,000 trees actually in Australia. Yeah, so we beards on, then we were beards on, braids on for conservation to bring in children and women just so we had that, you know, not male, um, you know, very dominant charity. We never wanted it to be that. And I think, yeah, really it was just pretty simple, really. It's just like, you know, half the world's forests are gone, so uh, let's get half cut to represent that. They're half gone. So it was just like an epiphany you had one day. Yeah, look, I... Well, when I when I actually read, and I think it was a National Geographic article at the time, read that you know more than half of the world's forests have been destroyed and degraded, and I think at that stage we were, and to this day still we lose a hundred and sixty thousand acres every day. Half of that, thankfully, is forestry, but then the problem is the forestry side of things is still hammering into old growth forests. We're seeing that in Tassie at the moment, the Tarkine. You know, the world's second largest temperate forest. Um, just, you know, it just should be world heritage and protected. Anyway, we've got a campaign coming there 2021, so stay tuned. Look, to be honest, it was a, for me personally, uh, the, what I wanted to do is I wanted to have a protest on my face. I wanted people to go, what the flip, man? What have you done? To start that conversation, you know, because as, as I mentioned before, I was furious that half the world's forests were gone and led to curiosity when people didn't know that. So the curiosity part of it actually made me go okay well that's something that's an angle we can work off and we can get people educated get them you know attached and then take action which i think is um the the next step that is the magic point you get them taking action and they're they're brave enough and courageous enough to do it then happy days but yeah so for me personally it was really um i think a saving point to be honest because uh i think as i mentioned before if if you're not upset that half the world's forests are gone and half the great barrier is dead and all the other 50s at the moment there's something you know you'd be like okay well Maybe that isn't, uh, uh, I, sh- I should be getting engaged and I should be taking action as quick as I possibly can. I think I've seen it a lot with people. You can become immobile, you know, sort of petrified by disappointment and sadness and, and grief. And I mean, I listened to the start of a, a podcast that Mark's putting, putting together and there was no real nuts and bolts to it. I just felt anxious. It was from one of the IPCC editors and it was or climate scientists. And I, I, I just knew what was coming. It's not good news, but... This is why we need more easily accessible community-based things that we can do like Half Cut because it's something anyone can do. And, and, and look, who doesn't not like a positive story? But yeah, we can plant a thousand more trees, which we did on National Tree Day. And yes, we can save this lot 155, pristine, incredible Gondwana land rainforest. You know, it's just one more good story, which I think, Positivity is really important because, you know, we, we've got a lot of negative stuff going on and wouldn't it be nice to hear these stories more regularly that, no, actually, we are kicking some goals and we are doing some great stuff and you can too, but people just need to find out about it. So long-term vision is, yeah, we're doing international and Australian forests and regen, but, hey, if in your backyard you want to engage with your community in a regen exercise, well, hit us up, go half cut and raise money for your projects. That's long-term where we want to go, finding out what your community is passionate about getting half cut, raising some funds, having a laugh along the way. Um, you know, we'll see if we can flick you some karma kegs from some of our supporting breweries for your events. 
off we go. We have a laugh about this, but achieve some brilliant outcomes together. We are forever looking for breweries and other ethical businesses with our half-cut alliances. So they give a percentage if it's you know, $2.50 per service. Uh, if it's one of our barbers or salons, we've got some incredible barbers and salons. So they chuck on $2.50 and they know they save a square metre. Or the breweries with the karma kegs where they're like, hey, uh, and we're never greedy because we know people work very hard. We say, hey, give us half. Can we have half of the proceeds to save it's up to 220 acres, uh, square metres. Sorry, I'll keep going between the, the rainforest in Peru to the Dane tree. Either way, pick and pick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's metric all the way. It'd be awesome. A couple of questions just to wrap this up. I, I'm very much of the thinking that when you learn something new, to solidify that, you need to have something tangible to take away and go, cool, cool, hack. Like this stuff is, is very inspiring, motivating. But without like some tangible steps, it sometimes just sort of dissipates. I know that the first thing, first suggestion we're going to put out there is just jump on on the Halfcut website, which is in the link description below. But it's halfcut.org, real easy. But from your perspective, what advice would you have given yourself before you started out on this journey? What advice would you give others who are maybe thinking of trying to do something similar? They've got a novel idea and like you've had with Halfcut. And they want to make it work. So I think one thing I would have done differently is I would have very much so quickly tried to align myself with another charity that was doing incredible work like this, which is now what we do. We technically, we are a fundraiser for other charities, which is great, which opens the pool up to so many other potential partnerships, collaborations, you know, databases, the whole lot to say, let's raise money for your great projects. You know, we're the peer-to-peer model. That's what I would have done first up differently rather than standalone trying to do tree planning. Like, you know, it's just a lot of work. Uh, the second thing I would say is if you do have a novel idea and just go for it. Uh, if The amount of times people said to me, oh, mate, you're having a laugh. You're kidding yourself, mate. Good on you. We know your passion. You know, just the naysayers, the, the hypocrites, all that kind of stuff. If you've got something you think is going to work, why not just go all out and, you know, back yourself and, you know, you give 110% of your energy and I think try and always lead with a positive step and encourage people to come on with that positivity. I think uh, that's the only advice we can give there. And, mm. you know, uh, Winston Churchill, for better or worse, you know, it's good or bad, but never, 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 never give up. <laughs> right. No. And I would add to that a more modern example of Gary B saying the most successful people are losers. <laughs> You know. Well, look at me. I walk around with half a beard. They must think I'm a bloody loser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, sorry. I'm not, I've got to go back to what Mark said. Where's, where, I think it was the, oh, sorry, uh, you, Sean. We said the weirdest time or being like half cut. Mm-hmm. My bike got stolen from my property uh, where I was living and I happened to only be in my underwear and a shirt and I'm legging down the street in the middle of Redfern to try and get my bike back. Oh, no. And the looks that people were looking at me, it wasn't more so the bike they're going that poor bloke. He was halfway through a shave and his bike's been flogged. He's chasing in his shocks. <laughs> Trying to get ever. his fixie. Oh, it was classic. Uh, got shin splints after that run. I got the bike back though on a positive story. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. People power. People power. They chased down and... Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. People could see me saying, stop there and got my bike and people mm-hmm. power. And that's the beauty of this. I think just linking back to half cut, it is the people power. It's individuals going, yep, you know what? Mm-hmm. I get this. It's not about Jimmy because it's not. It's about now how other people can take their own action and their own steps, mm-hmm. how we can just encourage people to, as I said, be brave, be curious, not furious, 
and just keep selling, you know, the tangible, achievable outcomes. Because the reality is what I would love to see Half Cut developing into is a Movember or the world's greatest shave, but for the planet, for all species on Earth. That's where I see the power. That's where then I see the social justice. That's where then I see, you know, green jobs for actual fanning of green jobs and strategies long term. Um, And that's where I see the power of Half Cut. That's where I'd like for it to be long term. Mate, and I would like to see that too, very much so. Hey, thanks so much for speaking with me today. Great eye-opener. You've done an incredible job. I think your uh, unique approach to this fundraising model is something that other people can learn from, and I hope that they do. So thanks again. No, thanks, gents. Pleasure, and um, onwards and upwards, eh, for the Daintree and Forest. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Cheers. Thank you, Jimmy, for joining Sean and I for back-to-back interviews. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Climactic, which brought you two episodes of shows on the Climactic Collective podcast network. You can find and subscribe to Growing Concern and Serially Curious from climactic.com.au, where the episodes you just heard will appear separately and quite possibly re-edited. From our site, you can find all of our shows, learn how to send in a community corner message you'd like to share, or get in touch with us. We love hearing from the community, so whether it's to share what you liked or didn't like, suggest a story, or get involved, it'd be great to hear from you. We're starting to transcribe our archive, and if there's an episode you'd like to get a transcript for, please just drop us a line. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Climactic, the flagship podcast of the Climactic Collective a podcast network dedicated to lifting the voices of the climate community. You can find out more about the people of the Climactic Collective and all the shows on the network at climactic.com.au. Thank you for listening. And until next time, keep up the great work and take care of each other in these climactic times. The Climactic Collective. Collective.